Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Jackson Hyde is the president and CEO of Diago. Jackson, welcome to LSMR. Thank you. Nice to be here. Today, we're going to talk about management and particularly your approach. We've had a little conversation before, but for context, tell our listeners a little bit about Diago. Uh, Diago is a life science distributor. We're focused on labware and equipment for the, the life sciences, uh, along with taking a very consultative and, and personal approach that uh, resonates with our, our customers and the, the researchers that we work with. I would love to have a conversation about that sometime because <laughs> I'm all, I'm just fascinated by the the companies that like yours that are distributors um, where there are many distributors and you're selling things that may or may not be differentiated a lot and it's a lot on customer service and how that mm-hmm. works. But today we're going to talk yeah. about management. So you came from the staffing world before mm-hmm. you got to this position outside of life sciences entirely. What did you learn there that helps you in your job now? Yeah, I think with, with staffing in, in particular, the kind of staffing that I worked in, which was uh, kind of a, a day labor approach where, um, you know, people would come in to work looking for uh, a paycheck that day. So it was uh, very different than some of the, the places where you're, you're placed in an opportunity or you're given a long series of, of interviews and then you're matched with a company. Um, it's really uh, getting people by uh, sort of approach. So I would have all kinds of different people that would come in for a variety of reasons looking for work. Um, and it would be uh, people that were in between jobs or they just needed to work for a day or for whatever reason. Um, we don't do a good job, I think, as a as a, a employers of offering flexibility. So some of it was about flexibility. Um, people that just need a couple days here or there to fill the gaps. Um, so that really allowed me to see where some unmet needs were, uh, both in um, the the human approach to uh, to finding people, uh, fulfilling work. Um, and in you know the details of oh I just need a need a, a paycheck for today, um, so it was a lot of exposure to different uh, different types of people and different needs, um, and I think that really served me well to uh, to set up different uh, ventures in the future. Yeah, so I'm just starting to appreciate what you meant when you were talking about that. Um, you know, I think of day labor and I think of you know, guys standing outside of Home Depot waiting mm. for someone who's, you know, coming out with a load of tools and we got to go move some stuff and whatever. Yeah. But so are you talking about people who come and say, I need work today or mm-hmm. they say, I need one day of work in the next two weeks? Yeah, it could be both, but mostly yeah. it's that day. So they'll come in, they would uh, they would register uh, with us, and then we'd we'd match them up with whatever jobs we had that day if they were were qualified for it, um, which was a very interesting process. Different people day to day, different jobs day to day, different people on different jobs. 
day to day. So not a whole lot of consistency in the work itself, but a lot of consistency in matching people with the right things. Uh, and that was really the, the key to making it all work between uh, finding the opportunities themselves. So the flip side of this coin is obviously going out and finding people that need work. Uh, they need workers uh, on, a, on a daily basis um, for different projects, you know, all short term where they're not going to look to hire somebody. Um, but, you know, they need uh, three days of cleanup on this construction site. They have, you know, two events coming up that they need people to uh, clean a facility for, things like that. Um, so finding those opportunities and then finding the workers uh, that want to do those things was uh, was interesting. Let me see a lot. Yeah, that was my next question was the other side of the marketplace. Like who is looking for people that are going to show up on a day and mm-hmm. you have to figure out skills and requirements and match them up pretty darn quickly <laughs> Yeah, to make yeah. that work. I mean, I, I didn't even, when you describe it, the scenarios you gave there, I can say, okay, that, that could work. But still, mm-hmm. um, obviously it did work, but I, it opens my eyes to a, a part of the economy that maybe I, I clearly was not aware of. Yeah, yeah, all of it kind of falls under temporary staffing, but then when you're looking at, you know, kind of the, the day labor scenario, it gets, uh, it gets challenging. You have to really be able to... Uh, to work quickly to, to match people and, and opportunities. And, and that was a fun challenge. Yeah. Okay. So then at some point you get involved <laughs> in the life science business. Talk a little bit about mm-hmm. how you made that, that jump or transition, if that's a better word. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was actually a, a client of mine, um, for the, the labor, uh, scenario that, um, I ended up meeting and, and forming a good good relationship with, and when there was uh, an opportunity to to work with them, I I took it, and um, a lot of that was based on the way that they also felt about uh, working with people and and respecting people's different talents and needs in the in the marketplace. Nice. So, let's talk about your management style. What I mean, it sounds like. It was a fit for you to move to this company mm-hmm. um, based on your appreciation of maybe the day labor market and how we manage and treat people, which um, obviously what I'm most interested in is how this applies to the life sciences where things are more regimented to say the mm-hmm. least, right? Right. <laughs> Typically. Right. So yeah, what obviously that was attractive to you. What did you bring to that? What did it mean to be able to manage people the way you wanted? What, how Mm. did you do that? Yeah. I think the, the first thing we have to look at is how, how diverse any, any workplace is. Um, but especially when you're dealing with, uh, manufacturing type of facility, um, you know, you have people that make the product, you have people that design the product, you have people that sell the product or market it in whatever way. Um, so there's a lot of different processes happening and it's it's different people and different backgrounds that are going to fulfill all of that. So at the end of the day, to be successful, you need to, to get the most out of people. And I think one of the ways that is underutilized is taking a look at the whole person in that process. 
um, and seeing not only how they all fit together, of course, that's that's a whole other conversation, um, but looking at what each person needs to get out of their work. Um, you know, I think we're all driven by by different things. Uh, for me, it's it's creating something, and I enjoy creating environments or, or places or opportunities for people that are going to light something up inside of them uh, and meet a need. So um, that's kind of how I come into to looking at any opportunity or, or creating something new. Um, and it's it's allowed me to find a, a little bit of balance between the the doing good and doing well that we always talk about with with companies and their their obligations uh, to all all stakeholders. Um, but that's that's really the the path that I think you have to look at first is to to find out uh, more about the the whole human that's coming into work. So describe. I mean, I would love to get some examples about that and about ways that you're lighting people up, which I just love that <laughs> phrase. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah. describe the roles within your company. So it's a distributorship, but I think there's some manufacturing part as well. Is that right? Or so that was that was a bit of my background, but okay. but right now it's it's um, it's sales. But there's also in that that same organization, you're going to look at your your warehouse staff, your shipping and receiving, your your marketing uh, people, and sales and finance and and all that sort of thing. Um, so no matter what organization you can, you can look at all the various backgrounds that you're going to have to kind of incorporate into this one beautiful machine that's going to do what it has to do. Right. So give me some examples of, if you can, of different specific employees or groups <laughs> of employees about what yeah. you're looking for that, that says, you know, I, here's what this person or these guys in the uh, the warehouse you know what lights them up what's the rest mm -hmm. of their life like which is probably different than the people who are out on the road selling and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah it might be it might be interesting to talk about the the idea of a, a work-life balance for a second because yeah. um, I, I think go that there is for sure <laughs> yeah it is it is an idea um i think it's one that that could use some reflection Right now, uh, we're in an interesting place, kind of post-pandemic. You know, people have gotten uh, gotten used to one way of working. We're pushing people back towards another way, uh, depending on your your take on it. Um, but I think what what's outdated about that that concept is that it it never really existed to begin with, um, and uh, it's almost uh, counterintuitive to think about it because there are very few jobs uh, or careers where you can come in in the morning and leave in the evening and, and never think about your work. Uh, we're all going to think about it no matter what we do. Uh, it is a part of our life. So uh, the, the idea of the work-life balance that has been thrown out to us is, okay, you need to separate work and life and, and it's two separate things. Um, but it's really not, it's uh, part of what, what defines us. It's part of what, you know, completes our, our human experience as finding worthwhile and, and meaningful work. Um, and to some people that's going to mean a job that allows me to support my family or my kids or, 
Uh, if you think of, of single mothers, for example, you know, they're going to come in, they're going to need to be, uh, know that they have this, this work to do. They have a, a paycheck, they have security and they can go home and they can, they can take care of their, their kids or they have support, uh, around that. So that's going to be very different from someone else's priority that, you know, wants to, um, you know, learn how to do a marketing program or is, um, an artist in their spare time. Let's, let's run with that example. So, yeah. uh, one of my, my, uh, really wonderful employees right now, um, actually has a, a degree in art. So how did she start with me? I have no idea, but, uh, uh, one of the things that I've enjoyed letting her do is getting, getting more into the, the marketing, uh, side of things and designing the, the graphics. And I think that was something that she never really looked at but she came for a, a job because that's what people need. Um, but looking at, at all of her, you see different potential in someone. So when I look at her, I think, oh, wow, this is a really creative person. Um, you know, I'm sure this isn't going to be her long-term uh, uh, goal to, to work um, in marketing or work in the, in the warehouse. She helped with shipping and receiving and, and all kinds of stuff as we were getting started. Um, but now she's really uh, enjoying the design aspect of it. And it, and it helps me, uh, it helps the business. Um, it helps having another creative mind to, uh, to work through something. Um, and uh, in my office, she was able to do a really beautiful uh, mural on one of my, my back walls. Um, and I just stand there and stare at it sometimes. It's just, it's beautiful and I love it. And uh, just a complete creation of giving her the time and, and opportunity to do something that she loves. Um, you know, if that, if that makes her happier at work, um, happier people are, are going to be more productive. Not that that's the reason to make people happy. There has to be a, a something more to it. But um, it's one of those things that makes, makes it you know, maybe a little more fun to walk through the door. And that, that has value of its own. Well, just being appreciated like in that way. And mm. I mean, I think it's fair to say no CEO needs a mural on their back wall. <laughs> I mean, I mean, most CEOs would ask, what's the ROI on that? Right. 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 Yeah. And then uh, one of the guys I follow a lot on LinkedIn, Matthew Ray Scott, would always say, well, what's the value of your mom? Mm. The ROI of your mom? Like you can't measure it, but it's clearly. Right. But right. going back to the mural, like if you get asked to do that and it provides you satisfaction, how great does this person feel? And like, what else, how much, you know, more is she going to give just because she goes, I know I'm, I'm appreciated here. Right. And right. You have found something that wasn't essential for the business, but probably pays off a gazillion full. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and it makes a much more interesting background than uh, most of the things you'll find on Teams. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I was going to say, you're, during <laughs> so. the pandemic on Twitter, there was that thing called Room Raider, right? Mm. There were people scoring like people's backgrounds. <laughs> That's awesome. You're probably a finalist that. now. <laughs> um, um, I want to, yeah, now I want to go on the work-life balancing. Like Scott Galloway says there's no such thing like especially when you're young like you should mm. be working your ass off but um 
I mean, I'm interested in, you know, there are people who come to work, they do their job, they do want to go home and not think about it. Then there are other people who want flexibility and they don't mind mixing their day with work and other stuff they have to do. And I also, um, you know, hang around with a group of guys that I hear debating, like, about the going back to the office thing and Hmm. or, uh, you know, kind of taking the temperature of is remote work really working? I've been remote for a long time for the most part, I would say for the last 15 years, Hmm. largely, and have felt better about it. Um, and especially in the early days, I'm just now starting to think maybe I should see more people in person. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And there's value there, but, um, yeah. I'm just curious about what are your thoughts about I'm trying to even come up with the question um, <laughs> about that. I mean, some people just need different environments, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and some people need more flexibility and other people like the social aspect of coming to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess my question to you is like your, managers and your employees they all have different lives and your job is to make it satisfying and meaningful for all of them or your goal is to do that yeah so during the pandemic was was interesting because you know most of of what we do is classified as a as um how did they phrase it where you had to stay open a um essential Essential, yes, yeah. essential, essential business. Um, so in that regard, you know the the manufacturing, you know, continued as as usual with additional uh, uh, precautions. Um, you know, some of the the customers that we we service, of course, we would still have to go in in person. A lot of that didn't really shut down uh, for us because they're they're doing COVID work or they're they're doing an essential essential function. So we uh, needed to be able to support that. Um, but I think you, you kind of hit it on the head where it's very individual, right? So uh, one person may work really well from home um, and another person may feel isolated in that same environment. So um, this is where the conversation becomes very interesting about flexibility and how much of it can be offered while still getting the returns that you need on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not blind to, uh, to needing a return on, on that and, and a, a level of productivity. So, uh, but then that, you know, you have to very carefully administer that for it to be fair to everybody. So it's, it's, it's a real challenge. I, I don't have an answer for you on that, but it is, again, I think comes back to looking at, at the individual and, being able to to be a leader in a society that needs flexibility. All human beings need that flexibility. So where can we add it in? What roles can we add it into? Uh, maybe we haven't looked at something before that we can look at. Um, you know, whether it's a, a split schedule or, um, you know, certain days you're, you're in, certain days you're out. If, I think as long as people have the consistency to build around, so... Even this hybrid schedule, um, you know, like you, I hear good and thing, good and bad uh, things about it, where it's mandated. Like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, you're going to be in the office. Well, okay, 
that may not be perfect for somebody, but at least they can plan their childcare around it. Um, or they can yeah. make arrangements for things that, that need to happen. And, um, it gives a, a little bit of, of consistency, but that's, that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch as we, uh, as we continue. Uh, like I said, for me, it's been a little different cause we, we did stay open, uh, um, for the large part during the, during the pandemic, but there's a need for flexibility and there's still a need for looking at things, uh, individually where it can serve people best. Right. I mean, we're all adapting to a world that didn't exist when we started working. I mean, there, mm. we cert and just digital communications allows us to do things that were unimaginable. Mm. When I graduated from college, sort of sending a letter to someone, I mean, uh, I mean, I've worked in offices, remember where the envelope with the multiple name slots <laughs> will get passed around, right? Yeah. Um, yep. which isn't necessary anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for most of human history, your work was in your, you know, right next to your home. Like you were mm -hmm. plowing yeah. fields and then you went to the factory and now some people still go to the factory and other people don't need to, but they're, and I honestly, I hate meetings, but <laughs> <laughs> I understand that meeting other people sometimes can be important. So, yeah, yeah, the, the collaboration uh, for sure, but. Um, you know, you, you said something when you were talking through that, that question about, uh, mixing, um, in the, the, the work and, and home life or however we want to refer to that. Uh, I guess that's the life part, but again, all of it is life. So we have to find a way to adapt to that. Um, but I think it is that, that, that mixing of the two. So, Part of what's very confusing, especially if you're looking uh, at an entrepreneurial kind of mindset, is that we say, okay, you really have to maintain a work-life balance. You have to, you have to do this. But it's like, okay, if I'm creating something, uh, or someone's really working to get something off the ground, like you can't, you can't tell those people to not think about their work after like that. That work is what lights them up. Um, yeah. so that's going to be what, uh, what they're thinking about and what they're, they're naturally drawn to at, you know, eight o'clock at night. They want to, uh, they want to work on that, not, uh, not something else. So, um, you know, that's their, that's their, uh, that's their thing. So, um, it's, it's a bit of contradictory, uh, advice in some cases. So I think just being aware of that and that everyone's going to be a bit unique in that, in that setting. Um, you know, it's something also to be, be mindful when we're looking at all different layers of employees and roles is the, the kind of contradictory advice that we give also about follow your passion. Um, so that's that, that statement comes from a real place of privilege. Um, if you can follow your passion, that means you have the time and the ability to think about that, not just survive. And for many people, survival is what they're most interested in. Um, so that's where it becomes our work as, as leaders to think of, okay, this may not be what they're passionate about. Maybe they didn't always um, uh, think of, oh, I'm going to go do this. Um, but we can bring some passion to their work. 
we can bring in you know the the outside influences to show them what makes their work important uh for example on the manufacturing side being able to tell people you know when when the products leave our warehouse they're going to a facility that's researching cancer and you're a part of that uh you know and it doesn't have to be of that scale like that's that's pretty grandiose but you know any any role that you have when you can when you can show people the flip side of it and how they're important then we can bring some of that passion to what they what they have to do um for their survival or you know whatever situation they're they're in at a given time so um that's something that we've we've really tried to incorporate is to get the get the salespeople to talk about their customers as much as they're uh, allowed to and really engage people with the work that the the whole organization is doing because they're they're an important part of that no matter what level or, or role they're fulfilling. Yeah, I love that on the employee side of communicating to your employees. This is why what we're doing is important. I like it a little less on the marketing side when we say, <laughs> you know, whatever, we're doing these great things. Like, I always think, like, mm. if I'm working with you, I'm helping you. You might be helping somebody else, and they might be helping cure right. cancer. But right. I, for motivating employees, um, yeah, I think that's awesome. And yeah. um, going back to the follow your passion thing, the other thing that Scott, he, I listen to Scott Galloway a lot, so I, he has a gazillion things and what he's really good at is staying on message all the time but he mm. says if someone tells you to follow your passion they got rich in iron smelting they're already <laughs> rich and they did and they yeah. got that way yeah. by doing some job that they never yep. dreamed of um yeah so yep. it is it is a privilege to be able to work you know and do something fun and creative absolutely rather than honestly hard labor and Mm-hmm. drudgery mm-hmm. so yeah yeah jackson hyde this has been a treat to talk to you today thank you so much for sharing your insights into you know motivating and lighting employees up with whatever they're doing <laughs> uh, thank you it was nice to talk with you my pleasure <laughs> <laughs>